0: You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. And it's good to see you, Danny. Good to see you too, man. Got another great episode this week. Tell the listeners what we're talking about today.
1: Okay, cool. So today we spoke with Rodney Miller. Rodney's an investor as well as an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, today we spoke to him about his journey in real estate and how he got to where he is today. Um, he, Rodney was able to give us so much information when it comes to finding a a mentor and a coach, you know, when you want to take your business to that next level. Uh, We also talked about the importance of setting and achieving goals and also why having an exit strategy is so important. It was great to talk to him.
0: Absolutely. A lot of great stuff in there. And uh, before we get into the show, just want to give a shout out to all our listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. And If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and a written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. If you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications, just a great introduction to the world of passive investing in apartment syndications. So make sure to check that out. Also grab our apartment syndication sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at these type of investments. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. And if you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our websites, contact us page or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or we'll post some great content on there. So make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is Rodney Miller. Based in Oklahoma City, Rodney has been investing in real estate since 2003. He's flipped and wholesaled over 300 single-family homes and currently manages a portfolio of 100 single-family homes in OKC. He's also invested in several hundred multifamily units in three states, including Oklahoma, Arizona, and Texas. Currently, Rodney is making hard money loans to real estate investors in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Rodney, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah. We're excited to have you here, man. We
1: appreciate it for real.
0: Absolutely. So we know from your bio that you're, you're currently in the hard money space and uh, actually we first met through a uh, Trident multifamily. It's a syndication company that, you know, you're a part of with uh, your partners, but it sounds like you've participated in uh, many different areas of real estate investing, you know, so let's just kick this thing off by telling us how you got started in real estate and how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, I started in real estate in 2003. Um, I own medical clinics. I'm not a doctor, but I'm here in Oklahoma city, and that time was one medical clinic um, and I just, you know, didn't really have a retirement kind of woke up and I was getting close to 40. I think I was 38, 39 and didn't really have a retirement plan. And uh, I remember my dad retired at 55. He worked for an insurance company for 30 years. And so, you know, it became pretty apparent that I, I, I wasn't going to retire at 55 if I didn't start doing something. Perhaps. So I decided to get into real estate. And so I, I, I joined home I was one of the first home franchises in Oklahoma city. There's a couple of two other guys here, and uh, and they kind of throw you into the fire. They give you a weekend course on how to buy houses, and then they ask you to spend ten to twenty thousand in advertising, and you just get all these leads coming at you, and you really don't know what you're doing. So, it was it was a crazy way to learn. And you know, I got like I think two months, maybe three months into a like a fifteen thousand dollar a month ad spend, you know, and didn't buy a thing, and so started freaking out. And uh, you know, it's forty five grand lighter. But you know, uh, finally started, started catching up. I bought a deal, bought another deal, flipped a deal. And so, uh, w- before I really started catching on, I think I was like almost a hundred grand in debt, you know, I, wow. I through that just through advertising and, and, and trying to figure things out. But that's the best way to start, man. Just got to go for it. it the deep uh, end, you, know, huh? you know, 2003, so 17 years later, I'm still doing real estate. So it, it paid off. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so, You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world of real estate right now. And like I said, you've had your hands in a a lot of different things, but, you know, considering the current economic environment that we're in right now, where do you think the biggest opportunity is for real estate investors today and also going forward?
2: Oh, wow, man. You know, we're, we're living in crazy times, you know, the real estate market is insanely crazy right now. It kind of, you know, I lived through 2008. I had about 50 rentals when maybe 60 rentals when, when 2008 hit. And kind of the same thing man things were just going nuts lending was cheap money was easy to get your hands on people were buying houses like crazy uh, but they were they were flipping and getting top dollar for their flips and they were selling quick and we're kind of there again man I'm telling you we're we're there again and you all kind of witnessed it after 2002 same thing happened at the you know 2000 meltdown but uh, you know, there's a lot of business being done. Houses are going fast. Money's cheap. So, uh, you know, a person that normally could could uh, only afford a $250,000 house, you know, at 5% can now afford it at two and a half, three percent 3%, can afford a $350,000 house. Or, so, a lot, a lot more buyers out there. But I think we're coming up, like we discussed earlier, I think we're coming up on a a market reset probably after the election, you know. This is, uh, you know, we're, we're 30 days from the election or whatever. I think people hold holding their breath, but after the election, after the first year, after COVID fallout hits, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, we've got a big theater that just went into bankruptcy. and The bank took it back, a brand new one here in mm. Midwest city. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of large commercial spaces, gyms, theaters, restaurants, or I think we're going to start seeing the fallout of a lot of that. And I think, uh, I think that uh, lending is going to tighten up. And I think that uh, there's going to be a lot uh, more deals on the market, and I think the the, the good old days are going to be back when we're buying houses cheaper. <laughs> if you have access to capital, uh, you're you're going to be able to scoop up some deals. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, you make some great points there. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of other investors, uh, you know, people that we work with or just, you know, people that we're just ne- generally networking with. And a lot of them, uh, especially passive investors, we talk to, you know, they're kind of sitting on the sidelines right now, and um, really not sure when to invest. And we try to tell them about the importance of, you know, networking and surrounding yourself with the right people. Or maybe, you know, maybe if you're not even a passive investor, but just the self of, you know, maybe getting a mentor or a coach and how important that is, and, you know, we've talked a lot about having a mentor on the show before and, you know, there can be a ton of different mentors, uh, you know, that are available for real estate or for business building or for a life coach, you know, or anything like that. Uh, so I'm curious, uh, when you were coming up and, you know, you had these challenges, you went, you know, started 2003 and then you made it through, you know, the great recession and then now this or whatever, did you have any sort of, did you have a mentor or coach or was it just kind of like you were just surrounding yourself with the right people? Man,
2: I, you know, I went to a lot of seminars. I, I went to, uh, Dan Merrill's seminar, you know, the, uh, what's their company called? Fortune Builders? I I think that's right. I wasn't really impressed with that. But you know, Home Investors, that was kind of a mentor situation. I paid a crap load of money for for their training and their mentorship. And then I went to some of their yearly get-togethers and saw some other, you know, got to meet up with other investors and stuff like that. And then when I wanted to get into multifamily a few years ago, I uh, went and sought out a group, a mentor peer group or whatever. And I wound up in the summer group down in Dallas. i don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have heard of that, but i yeah. um, paid way too much money for that. And he got of that group and uh, met a great bunch of people probably built my, my list up to about a thousand, you know, passive and active investors that did multifamily came from all over the country. We met like every other month, we'd go have drinks down in Dallas and network. And it's just a blast. A lot of really cool people. But, uh, Learned a lot, helped me get my first deal It was expensive, but it got my first deal. As soon as I got my first deal, I met my partners there with Trident Multifamily. And after we got our first deal in our bill, we, we, ne- we didn't renew, we kind of had learned and we met the contacts we needed to make and then we were able to go off. So I'm big on paying a front and we call it collapsing timeframes. Right. You've heard that term, right? Absolutely. You're paying money, to collapse frames, collapse the learning curve, the time it takes to learn something, find somebody that's already doing it, give them some money if they want money, whatever, but piggyback off their knowledge and, and jump ahead faster. And that's kind of been the way I've, I've been able to move a little faster than I normally move on my own.
1: I'm, I'm actually kind of curious cause you know, we, we talk about mentorship a lot and you know, we, you know, he and I were going through uh, some of that right now. We've been through a mentorship, you know, we're currently seeking out a, uh, you know, a business coach to kind of help us reach another level. And I'm kind of curious, uh, like what are, like, what are some of the things like you should do like to, when you're looking for a mentor, uh, I, I heard this thing, I don't want to get off topic, but I heard this thing a long time ago, like the, uh, conflict, all conflict is a source of like unmet expectations. And so when you go into this, like you got to mitigate your expectations and understand. And I'm kind of curious, like, you know, what are some of the things that somebody might be able to do to kind of like understand themselves better before like take it, like taking what you have to go find a mentor. What are some of the things that you should probably understand about yourself before you even get that far?
2: Yeah. You know, it's a good question. I, do you, you know, what do you need a mentor? Do you need a specific business skill? Do you want to learn real estate and then do you want to learn multifamily or single family or you need freaking motivation? Are you somebody that needs somebody to kick you in the ass and motivate you? And, you know, and, and, and or do you need just some fundamental business acumen and skills, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, just, just, it depends on where you're coming from. You know, I guess if, if, if you uh, don't really have any business experience, you know you a general business coach would do the problem is there's so many crappy coaches out there you just you gotta be really careful because you know i meet a lot of people that that paid thirty thousand dollars to some coach on the east coast for mentor mentors you know uh real estate mentorship and they, you know and they didn't know anything about this market they didn't know anything about oklahoma and uh person never bought a, you know, I've talked to several people who never bought a deal, but they paid that huge price tag and they got like a weekly phone call and, you know, got to go on these webinar groups and stuff like that. So, um, you just gotta be careful. I think the best mentor is you find somebody in your market or your area that's doing something. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs have big egos. I mean, they want to show off and help people. And they'll do it for free a lot of times. So I'd say if you're looking for a mentor, go find a successful person in your town and go buy them lunch, and then tell them how great they are, and ask them if they would mentor you. And I guarantee you, because the funny thing is, I talk to people all the time; that are very successful. They never get asked to mentor people. Nobody ever goes to them and says, "Hey, will you show? Will you mentor me? Will you help me out? Will you?" They don't get that, and 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 they're baffled as to why they don't. So I think that some of the best. Mentoring and coaching can be found on LinkedIn um, or through uh, just networking in your local area. And you could probably get it for free um, if you show enthusiasm and, and appreciation for what that person has done. I think, I think that's probably the best way to go because a lot of these coaches, man, I, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, charlatans out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And those are some great points. And actually, I don't think we've heard that yet on this show, uh, those tips there, because, you know, a lot of people, or we've seen before, because, you know, we've gone through mentorships, and we're trying to narrow down which ones fit our style. I think that's so important to kind of vetting that coach or that mentor and really understanding their experience, maybe talk to some people who have been in that program, and maybe even some people who have also left that program, and seeing what those reasons were, you know, because there's always good and bad. But sure. I think, I think for, for, you know, a lot of reasons, the things that you said, go out, start networking, start building a relationship with somebody and in your market, or, you know, maybe just somewhere who is familiar with what you're trying to do and really build that relationship and just ask, I mean, how many times do people are afraid to ask, you know, just putting up this mental roadblock, like I'm not going to ask, I'm afraid to ask or whatever, just ask what what's the worst they're going to say? No. I mean, okay, sure. that's. Sure. I mean, that's not that yeah. big of a deal. So, but uh, no, no, I think you can
2: go to sites like if you're in real estate, go to bigger pockets, put it out there. Hey, you know, I'm thinking about hiring this, this coach. Can anybody tell me what his personal mentoring program looks like? And if it's worth it, and you'll get a ton of people that be happy to give you the truth. You'll probably get the good, bad, and the ugly. And uh, then you can make your decision. So like when I joined Sumrock, uh, I got a lot of people asking me, you know, Hey, is it worth it? Should I join? And, and, you know, I was happy to kind of tell them about the good and the bad for the group and, and sure. my experiences. So
0: yeah, just gotta be careful. Absolutely. So, and you know, you, you bring up the summer Rock group and we know that's kind of a multifamily syndication type mentorship. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. You know, you, you and your partners, you have tried it multifamily. Um, what, what made you guys decide to go into Trident multifamily or create that, get into the syndication business, we talk a lot about passive investing on the show. We're passive investors, so that's kind of what we focus on. But so I'm curious, why did you guys decide to go into the syndication business?
2: Well, I mean, we all, I think all three of us, all three of the partners, so we, we, we all had made a point before we even met. We, just, we all decided that we wanted to learn. We all had been in the single family market. One of my partners had a 50 unit complex in Fort Smith uh, that he had, he had purchased, but we all made the decision we wanted to go bigger and the you know want to syndicate deals and do these 10 15 20 30 million dollar deals but we didn't know how to put the deals together syndication how to, how to raise capital the right way without getting in trouble and all that so we all wound up at the summer deal and we was you know some has got a pretty good system to where you meet regularly um and network and through networking we kind of we kept seeing each other at these events and drinking together and, and we liked each other and we go off have dinner together and we just liked each other so we took down a deal together um you know not in trident just we just partnered up on a deal we found a deal and partner on it and it went so well that we decided hey this wouldn't get it let's just form trident you know a company called trident and we'll we'll just see how this. we'll just be partners this you know everything we do we will be partners and if we if we need to raise much capital we'll bring in an extra partner we'll just trident and then them and then we'll, we'll add to that and all that and it worked really good man it was it was a good deal but we all we could tell we kind of knew each other before we formed trident and we worked together and we knew we kind of thought the same way and we had the same vision for the future how we wanted to grow a company and uh and it wasn't passive that's nothing passive about being a general partner in a multi-family deal
1: right
2: <laughs> it's a lot of work a lot of work and, and, and so there is something to be said about being a passive limited partner in, in these multifamily deals. Cause you just write checks, you vet the deals, you pick the best ones and you write checks. And, and I would say if you're going to join Sumrock, rock, that's probably the best thing you could join to be a passive because just being a passive there, you have so many deals coming at you. You can evaluate and compare different deals and, and, and find out what makes sense for you. Um, and, and the deal flow is really good. So, so you can pick the best of the best. So,
0: um, yeah, that's really it. Cool. Yeah. I want to touch on something you you, you briefly uh, spoke about and it's it's kind of something I think it's very important. So we know that, you know, this investing game, whether it's a syndication or just invest real estate investing in general, it's a team sport. This is not an individual thing for the most part, right? I mean, you're going to have to have some other people in your group to to tackle these projects. So what were some of the strategies or maybe some tips you can give to our listeners for finding the right partners? Obviously you've done a, a number of things in real estate But you found these partners, whether it's through a mentorship or just groups or whatever. But how did you know those were the right partners?
2: Yeah, I mean, just just by hanging out with them. Not making a quick decision. Not not. It it was many many hours of of hanging out, having drinks, talking real estate, learning about each other, learning about what we had each accomplished, and, and where you know. And eventually, we formed a picture of. Who would be better? Well, one guy was really good at analyzing deals and like, like to nerd out on numbers that I hate that crap. So he was a good partner. <laughs> he could do all the number stuff. And then uh, another guy had a lot of construction experience and, and you know, and I had the business background and you know, it just, it all seemed to go together pretty good. So you just gotta be careful with partners, man. Cause I've had bad partnerships and other ventures and other deals and good partners are hard to find and you don't want to rush into those deals because Undoing a partnership is not fun at all, and most—I I bet more partnerships go bad than than, than stay good. So bring, yeah. bring your partners very careful, <laughs> and only bring your partners if you need them. Like single-family home business, you don't need partners. I mean, you 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 could partner up with somebody to do that, but single-family home business, you know. It, you could, you can hire most of that stuff out. You can buy an acquisitions guy, you can, per you can get an assistant, you can get a, you know, a manager, a chief operating officer and all that stuff and, and, and skip the partnership stuff. So.
0: Right. Yeah. And those are great tips. And I think that the, the, the main thing that we found even cause we did single family before we got into passive investing and in multifamily syndications. And what we found was it, whether they're partners or not, maybe it's just a, um, you know, a handyman or, you know, just uh, somebody come do some jobs for us or maybe my, uh, some of who I'm getting my loans from and all that stuff. the importance of building getting the people in the right places and uh, and building that team is is crucial because you know you go, you tend to go through fumble your way through this until you find the right person unless you have some sort of strategies or you know really know who you're looking for. and we found that didn't come easy at least for us you know I mean we kind of had to fumble through it at first, so um, yeah but I think the point of you know find somebody who 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 does something that you don't do uh, and they do it well, focus on that, grab that harness their, harness their leverage and uh, take off. But I think those, uh,
2: I was doing real estate. I was, I was a one man show for the first few years and I finally made a decision to hire an assistant and it was the scariest move I've ever made in my life. But the one that gave me the most impact and really, really pushed me forward, uh, just learning how to leverage other people's time. But it took me like four or five tries because the first four or five were just awful. And I finally found the right person. And she was she was uh, a task master, uh, you know, a, a spreadsheet builder, just somebody that thought like I did, and was always two steps ahead of me. And it wasn't easy to find her, man. Like I said, I went through several people for that. But when I found her, it worked, and she's still with me ten years later. Runs my club, wow. runs my real estate, runs the lending business, kind of does it all. And I, you know, I've hired her an assistant. So my assistant as an assistant, right. and and that taught me really quick after doing that, it kind of taught me how to delegate. So you start there, mm-hmm. then you start delegating other things and just, you get really good at it. But that first step is really the toughest, because it's scary, you don't know if it's gonna pay off, if you can afford it, you really can't afford it, but you can't afford not to, and it's kind of a leap of faith kind of thing, is this really gonna free me up to do the big, the big idea stuff, the, the strategy, the planning, the marketing, the stuff that really needs to get done, it's super important to driving the the business, um, and, and so it's a leap of faith. Is that really going to do it? And it and it will. If and this is for past, this is for active people. This is sure, past.
0: yeah, right. No, so
2: I might be getting off the rail here, but no, no, no. But but yeah, you definitely um, you need to delegate out and and, and don't do those ten, twelve dollars hour jobs. Is the bottom line.
1: Go ahead, Chris. And well, I was gonna I was gonna touch on something like you. Uh, that I felt like could, could go into there. Like you got to set, we always talk about like setting goals, right? You got to like aim high, work your way back. And you know, I just was curious, you know uh, you know, we know that um, setting goals is important, you know uh, just to paving that road of success. Um, Like can you talk to us a little bit why you think goal setting is important and like maybe a a successful strategy that you've used to kind of yeah get you to where you want to be
2: yeah, yeah yeah Setting goals is usually important and i went years just running things without setting goals but a, a few years ago i'll take the clinic for example i had one clinic and i was making you know i was making okay i was doing okay but i i sat down and, and decided i was going to set some goals and I hired somebody to, to sit down with me and and I, we, we we used what's called the eos system uh eos is a great operational system where you set goals you you Keep a partnership you figure out what your values are you launch it to your employees you set your BHAG big ass hairy goal 10 years off in the future and it's got to be big man big and then you you know you go to the five-year plan the three-year and you drill down to quarterly goals and you have we have daily meetings and then we have you know we have a quarterly goal we all have our quarterly rocks that we have to, to get accomplished that quarter to meet our year goals and if we, if we meet our year goals we're on to our three a five a ten and it's just you, you, like you said, you start big, you work your way back, but you get you get everybody on the same page, you define your values, your core values, your beliefs, and your non-negotiables um, so you know how to hire people, you know when you're going to fire people based on all that, and, and people are going to come and they're going to play by the rules or they're not going to play by the rules, and uh, that's how you develop the culture in your company. But uh, And then you want to include everybody. You want to give everybody... Um, you know, you want to give everybody a piece of the, piece of the uh, success in terms of, uh, you know, financial. So the first, first time we did that, you know, several years ago, we had one clinic and my, my, uh, my goal, and this is four years ago, maybe three and a half years ago. The goal was like to get to 10 clinics in 10 years and then sell it off. And so uh, that was a goal. And, you know, it's three years later, we have four clinics. We're gonna over a fifth here pretty soon, nice. and uh, I wouldn't have done that. I didn't set goals. And the first year goal we set was like this behag huge. Uh, it was like triple our income, and I was like, "There's no way we'll do this." But yeah, you know, we'll do. We set it, and, and I got my employees involved. And I gave them a huge bonus incentive. When we made that goal. They all got a really big fat paycheck, and we tracked it every every week, every month, and we and we hit our goal, and it was way above what I ever imagined I could do. And that showed me right there, that setting goals, create goals, big goals, is just extremely powerful. And that's kind of what I've been stuck with ever since. Um, you don't have to actually just go firing off and, 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 and putting your head down and working hard without goals. You've got to know where you're going and you've got to have big plans to get there. And then you've got to, you, you not only set the goals, you drill down to daily meetings with everybody that's trying to reach those goals and you go through a checklist. EOS system is probably the best system for that I've ever seen. Um, you get up, you get an implementer, he comes in but you start off with one full day, your whole staff leaves the office and you work on all that, the values, the core values, the goals, the the you know, and you drill down financials. We'll be here in this quarter, this quarter, this quarter. And we'll have to do that. You figure out what you have to do to get there. Everybody there has their walks out of there with their individual rocks for the quarter. And then you meet daily to see if those rocks are being met. It's, it doesn't get any better than that. It keeps everybody on track. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. And uh, it makes a huge difference. And it, yep. 99% of businesses don't do that. And so it, that is how you become successful. Uh,
1: I, I like the fact that you 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 enjoy giving your, your people, your team, like a piece of that success. That's like, goes with like that, the alignment of interests. you know, they're not just making an hourly wage to where it doesn't matter how good or how poor we do today. Like uh, my check is coming, but incentivize them that way they know, like, obviously if it goes bad, it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't work out for them very well, but if it goes well, sure. then everybody. Now, gets, we we kind of run an open book
2: uh, operation here. Like we, we show them, it's kind of crazy. Most people do. This. We show the numbers. Here's where we're at. Here's where you get. You know, if we hit these, if we hit these numbers in the, the year, here's where we're at. at the end of the year, here's where uh, we need to be for you to get your your profit sharing or every quarter. Wherever we, I think we're doing quarterly now. Um, and so, like my my top level, my doctors and stuff, they're all in a big profit sharing program. But we open the books and say, here's here's what we need to do to achieve these, and here's here's the the financial part but here's the actual production part we need to do to get the financial part. And they, they get to see the numbers along with us. And they, they kind of, if they don't know what the numbers are, they can't really change anything. So there's really not much they can do about things, but if they know what the numbers are and they see them and they know what they got to do to achieve those numbers. And we're all on the same page, huge, huge
0: incentivizer. Absolutely. I, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, and I want to touch on this because I thought it was super, super important, was that, you know, you want to do 10 and 10. Uh, you set your goal for a 10 and uh, ten properties in 10 years and then sell. It was, that was part of the goal. So, you know, we talk a lot about goal setting uh, on this show. And then, but, you know, I don't think we've ever talked about having that exit plan in there, you know. So talk to us about, you know, what having an exit plan means and, you know, why that's so important.
2: I, I think everybody's a, when you when you have a business, you got to have an exit plan. What's your, and that's your goal. What's your exit plan? I mean, um, I guess you could just sit on a business and cash flow. I don't know. I, I, I think that the best because businesses sell, I'm in the medical field and I think our business is self about a six multiple. And so, um, Six multiple of EBITDA. So the goal is to get a nice big fat EBITDA through ten clinics, and then and then uh, we'll take it and we'll shop it to all the local hospitals because it'll be feeder clinics for all their MRIs and all their all their stuff. And that that's the whole strategy and plan that we worked out when we were planning all this out. How do we get there? Who's gonna be our buyer? Uh, how are we gonna really get it to where it needs to be? Well, we're and why would they buy it? Well, just if they buy ten clinics. With all these new patients, they're going to get all the MRIs, the surgeries. The, it's going to feed their hospital emergency room. They're just going to feed their their physical therapy department. So they'll pay a larger multiple for that. And that's kind of our strategy we work backwards into. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, I sell it. I can, you know, take that money and just do real estate and loan money and do whatever. I mean, that, that's that's the end game. I'm a little older than you guys. I've been doing this a long time. So I got to have, you know, exit plans are getting more important to me. Uh, You know, I can't, I can't do this crap forever. i got to like, I got to have some kind of retirement. I'll never retire, but I've been doing this clinic stuff for too long. It's time for me to, to get out. So I think the next five years I'll probably
0: sell off. You know, I think uh, it's absolutely important to have that you start, start at the end and work backwards, right? You want to, especially when you're setting goals or having an idea of what you want to do, you know, start with the end of mind, work backwards and then make it happen. Right. I mean, it sounds like sure. you've, you've taken action on pretty much most things you've had ideas on. You've made them happen because you've set those goals and you had an idea of what that looks like at the end. And it's come to fruition because you put in the hard work and the dedication and you've you've set those goals appropriately. So I think that's amazing, but you know, yeah,
2: enough, you know, it's not all, you know, unicorns. I've had, oh, I've, yeah. I invested in a small loan business and lost $150,000 like three months. And I've done stupid stuff too. I mean, it's not like everything's not a winner. I've lost my ass on several investments and several, you know, things that was, and that was a partnership too, by the way. Um, that went really South. Uh, so yeah, I've had, I've had my share of failures. I can tell you. So I, I think somebody told me one time ago, success is when you're no, what is it? It's a, uh, you've made it when your successes outnumber your failures or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that always stuck with me. So you just got to try some stuff and see what sticks and see what works and put more effort into the stuff that's working. So. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. We, we, we're very familiar with uh, the, the concept of, you know, you're going to have some roadblocks and some speed bumps along the way. So, uh, yeah, we, we know that's, that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, it's been a great conversation here, Rodney, really enjoy getting to learn more about you and your story. But before we get out, of here, before we get out of here, we want to take some time and uh, shine the spotlight on you. So tell us is what you got going on, man.
2: Well, you know, right now uh, I'm, I'm building my clinics, but I'm also um, taking a little break from uh, multifamily, letting the market cool down a little bit. I'm going to see what happens after the election. So I'm not in the buying. I'm not. I'm not wanting to buy right now. Just kind of sitting on things. Um, but my hard money business it's called HardMoneyPartner.com. HardMoneyPartner.com and we're making hard money loans to folks in Oklahoma city and Tulsa, um, for rehab, fix and flip projects. So we, we really are trying to get the word out there and I'm starting a YouTube channel, um, to promote HardMoneyPartner.com. but we will be interviewing all the local, all the local, um, real estate investors. We'll be talking about, uh, you know, everything from real estate to self-directed IRAs, multifamily, single family, and then, and then just business tips, business, things I've learned over the years that uh, I think will help folks in, in building their business. Some, some folks I've already interviewed um, have, have built these little flipping businesses into huge operations and they, we go into detail. How'd you do that? How'd you get from you one person buying houses to three acquisitions people, a disposition person, you know, a COO in, a, in an office building, you know, and all that. And so we're talking about the business building aspect of it as well. So, I think it'll be good. I'll have to interview you guys too. Uh, when, sure. when I get it, get it going, we'll we'll do another interview where I'll turn the tables on you and we'll, we'll ask you guys questions. But uh, that's really it, man. partnercom If anybody ever has a question for me, I'm always happy to help. Phone number is 405-204-1715. Rodney at multifamily.com uh, You can reach me there and I'm always happy to to a uh, council anybody if they have any questions or need help with
0: anything. Awesome. Yeah, and we're we're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes so our listeners can get a hold of you, find more about what you got going on at uh, hardmoneypartner.com and uh, reach out to you if they need to. So uh, appreciate that. But you know, it's been great having you on the show, Ronnie. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks, man. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. To our listeners, see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.